Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now you've found it. This is Alan Smith's Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world, with your hosts, Alan and Donna Smith, focusing on driver health, careers, regulations, and the important issues facing the industry. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Ask the Trucker Live begins right now. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday night edition of Ask the Trucker Live. And I don't know about you. I don't care how many times I hear that intro. I love that intro uh, to this show. Uh, I'm Donna Smith, and I'm the host of our Thursday evening health shows. uh, And I co-host with Alan uh, Smith our Saturday night Anything Goes Truck Talk show. But uh, tonight's show was originally scheduled for Saturday, but Alan and I got called off this weekend, so we decided this show is way too important, um, so we'll just put it on our Thursday evening health show slot instead. So, uh, welcome everybody. Uh, Thanks so much. I see the lines filling up. It's always scary at first when, when you get on and you don't see anybody on the switchboard, and then all of a sudden they all come piling in. So anyway, thanks for uh, tuning in. Sure do appreciate it. Tonight's show is our open forum, and we are discussing the root causes to low truck driver wages. So, um, well, let's begin uh, a little intro before we bring our guests on the show tonight. Uh, As uh, truckers continue to perform more work for free, their wages decline especially when taken into account that the drivers are working more hours for either equal or less than the wages earned just a few years ago. And and you wonder, well, well, how can that be? Uh, But what's really contributing uh, to the decline of the wages, I mean, you know, what's doing this? You'd think if if there was a, a legitimate driver shortage, wages would be rising. I mean, everybody says that, but why aren't they? Now, if you ask drivers this question, why their wages are low, the, the most popular answer is company greed. Uh, but uh, we're looking a little deeper than that tonight. We, we want to get into what is it about the trucking industry template that actually promotes these low wages, and, and why do some drivers even agree with the way things are set up? Um, like the methods drivers are paid, do, do drivers believe that their time working is valuable or do they believe just their time driving is valuable? Is the cents per mile method for driver wages causing drivers uh, to want to work more hours? I mean, it makes sense, right, if you're getting paid by the mile. Is lower wage promoted by the way drivers log their hours? And are they really logging legal? I mean, 
really legal, even if they're hooked up to e-logs and ELDs? I mean, isn't that supposed to make everything all legal? Well, here's a hint, and we, we touched on it in our last show. How many logs sleeper birth are off-duty when they're really doing other jobs, like even waiting at uh, the loading docks? How many hours do drivers really work per week? And if they logged them all legally, how many hours would be left just for driving time? Think about that. Such as logging on duty, not driving. If you really logged it that way all the time, how many hours left would you have driving? How does the lack of truck parking affect the way a driver logs their time? And then how does the truck driver shortage myth create lower wages and not higher wages? That's a that's a topic we're really going to uh, get into. I hope we get to everything tonight. And another topic uh, we'd like to bring up, I know there's a lot on the agenda here tonight, but it's all important, is how the illusion of creating more safety through more regulations, more technical devices, has become a smokescreen and a false sense of security to the naive general public, when in fact many times these devices are causing more stress, fatigue, and ultimately more unsafe roads. Another thought, if drivers were paid for all time, would the roads be safer? Would there be less driver fatigue? So we've got a lot going on tonight. Um, our guests tonight are uh, Jerry Fritz, Pat Huckaday of Truckers United, and Jerry and Pat uh, were on the show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, if you want to look in the archives, it's called, uh, it was another trucking open forum, Does Increased Trucker Production Lower Wages? And it's kind of on the same uh, idea as tonight's show. So, uh, and, and another thing, Jerry and Pat have been, <clears throat> excuse me, working hard, very hard, trying to bring to light why drivers should be paid for all time, why drivers are not paid for all time, and how the carriers, FMCSA, and yes, even the drivers promote not being paid for all time. So it's going to be an interesting show tonight. We're going to bring our guests on. Uh, if you want to be a part of this show, okay, I see you li all listening on there, and there's people listening on the Internet too, so I can't see who you are. But if you do want to be on the call, if you're listening right now on your phone, just click one on your keypad, and that kind of raises your hand so you know I see that you want to say something. If you're listening on the Internet, you have to dial in 347-826. 9170 and then again just press 1 on your keypad. So we're going to take a quick break and a message from one of our very trusted sponsors, uh, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing and uh, and then we'll be right back. You're listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Alan and Donna will be right back. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, 
you make the monthly payment, and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end, and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. This is Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at askthetrucker.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, and our show tonight discussing the root causes to low truck driver wages. Um, our lines are really full. Uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And I've got uh, Pat Hockaday and Jerry Fritz's lines open. You guys are, are here. Um, I appreciate you taking the time out. I know you're driving, and um, I know this is something that's very near and dear to your heart driver wages and uh welcome to the show how you guys doing i'm doing great donna how about you good i'm good doing good hey pat i hear you over there and i know i know it's hard there's a delay on the show so sometimes we all start talking over one another so i'm just going to ask as, you. as we went into the commercial break i heard jerry asking hey pat what number <laughs> but I can barely hear him, so I'm glad to see that he's on the phone line. Um, oh yeah, you know, for starters, this is a very—it's all about wages. Uh, I mean, there's just so well, many things very, to cover tonight. It's a very detailed subject because there's so—it's so convoluted. There are so many contributing factors here. Um, the last show, of course, we talked about production. And, and the basic thing to take away from that is capacity. And there's several ways of addressing capacity. Uh, we know if there's only 50 loads available and there's 70 trucks to pull those loads, capacity is high, rates are low. Well, the same thing applies to available working hours. The more available working hours, the market's flooded. The, uh, the 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 value and you're talking about drivers, hour. right? Yes, uh, okay. company drivers specifically. Um, right. We as owner operators and independents, we have to compete against the established labor rate. If the established labor rate is five dollars an hour, well, we've got to be able to have services that are worth more than $5 an hour. And this is where E-logs, ELDs come to play. Um, the regulations regulate our time, their time that we need to produce, the time that we need to make money. And this is evident um, today by the drivers wanting to be paid the tension time. 
because of ELDs and ELOGs, that, that being detained is taking away from their available hours to drive, which they get paid for. Okay? So Well, I want to back up just one second. Uh, let me just back up one second on something you said, and, and then we can okay. uh, get back to it. You made a very important um, statement in the beginning when you said uh, available, there's too many drivers out there. Now, doesn't that totally contradict the truck driver shortage? What If you had to define the truck driver shortage, what is really going on when they say there's a truck driver shortage? In my mind, it would be there's a shortage of overabundance needed to have people ready. I've got, I've got a turn for that, there's, Donna. Okay, go ahead, Jerry. It's called We Have a Shortage of Drivers to Man the Oversupply of Trucks. Okay. And and I just wanted to make that clear because it helps people understand uh, why the rates are, uh, their wages are low and that there really isn't a driver shortage per se. And it, it just makes it, you know, makes more sense. There's actually, are, would you say right now there's too many drivers out there? Oh, yes. Uh, in fact, the uh, spot market, even the contract market's coming down. And uh, see, it goes, people need to understand the law of supply and demand. Let's take that back to the way it was taught to me in the fourth grade. If we have ten people and five apples... Okay. You have 10 people chasing five apples. The value of those apples actually double. But if you have two people and five apples, the value of the apples go down by one half because mm-hmm. they don't eat it that much. It's the same thing. Agriculture has to deal with it. In the end today, we used to call people, and this is one of the problems with modern-day labor, now, we can go back to the old union days. They might have overdone it in another way, and I was one of them. But, see, they they negotiated for the value of the human being, what that person needed to live. Now the person a little bit of prosperity, depending on his, uh, his production. That's what we said the last time, the production went down. See? Where the production went up and the wages go down. And it isn't necessarily capacity. I'll draw this little picture. It's the availability of the capacity. The more flexibility, the more hours we want to work, we dilute our value. It's just simple. Right. There's a hundred loads of freight. There's a hundred loads of freight available today. And the old story about the broker looks out there, he's got a hundred and ten trucks. Well, he's gonna make money because he thinks he has a hundred and ten trucks. Chasing 100 loads of freight, correct? All right. Now, what if only 90 of those trucks are available? Now, all of a sudden, there's 100 loads of freight chasing 90 trucks. The value of that load per mile and whatever, how you want to do it, just went up 20%. Not the difference between 100% and 90%. Remember, there's 110 trucks sitting there. 
So the value of that load actually went up at least 10%, maybe 20%, because if those 110 trucks had been bidding on the load, it would have been 20% less, not me, because there's a difference there. So this is what we're doing. So watch this. Airline pilots, they struck years ago for less hours and got more money. Railroad engineers, many years ago they worked 16 hours a day. They have to have physicals like we do. They have hours of service like we do. Everything is the same. They could be fine for speeding on the railroads or missing a signal. They could be fine. All right? They negotiated their way down to 14 hours a day. They have now negotiated themselves down to 12 hours a day at the median level of income for a locomotive engineer, which used to be almost identical to an over-the-road Teamster truck driver, is now 110000 a year. Top pay on the railroad, I know two of these guys, making 125000 a year. My 53000 in 1982, working 60 hours and seven days, would now be $119,000. This is what they took away from us, our contribution to drivers need to wake up. We don't well, want more well, hours. In fact, get this, if you paid me enough, I'd be happy with 40 hours a week. And that's, you know, that was the next thing I was going to bring up. And, Pat, you can jump in on this, too. But here's the, the, the template I was talking about, and this is what drivers are used to. By only being paid uh, cents per mile, Already? they see their value as only their driving time. Okay. okay. I think Jerry's okay. getting called up to go get loaded. I think. Okay, I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna right. mute. I'm, I'll mute you for a while, Jerry. Okay, go ahead. Um, so Pat, um, so by only being paid cents per mile, you know the value is on the driving time, and they have over the years accepted that all other time, that it's not valued. Now, it's established even by the ATA that drivers put in 30, 40-plus hours a week on duties that they're not paid for. Am I correct? Yeah, well, this is based on studies. There's a, there's a more recent study, but the two that I'm familiar with were done back in 97 and 98. I believe the FMCSA is doing a study concerning this right now. And um, Dr. Michael Belser has uh, kind of done some studies of his own. I haven't read that. But the template promoting low wages, well, again, you've got to look at the overall picture. Can McDonald's say, I'm going to pay my hamburger flippers $10 an hour? Sure they can. But where does the well, that means they've got to charge more for their hamburgers. So now everybody goes to Burger King to buy a cheaper hamburger. McDonald's is really in a position that if, if if they can't really raise their pay to their helpers unless Burger King raises their pay to the Burger King helpers. So the carriers cannot get together and all decide, hey, we're going to pay drivers more. That's what that's, That would be considered a monopoly-type situation, uh, fixing prices. The market 
is working off of what the market has established. The drivers, by accepting what is being given to them, have conceded to the market. They're saying, okay, free market, we're good with being, being paid next to nothing. After all, that's not our problem. Regulations are our problem. Can't work 24 hours a day. That's our problem. We, we're happy making 20 cents a mile. We just need to be able to make, you know, drive 1,000 miles a day to afford to pay our bills, you see. Right. So we right. flood it's the market with miles. available hours. We, right. we flood the market with available hours by cheating our logbook, this, that, and the other. Well, ELDs are taking that away from us, and a lot of people think that's going to help control market capacity, and it will to an extent. This is another reason why they are projecting a driver shortage. The carriers... I lost you, Pat. I'm listening, Donna. Okay, I got you. You back? Jerry? No, Jerry's not there. Here, let me open up Jerry's line. I don't know if he's done yet. But I I think what we're... Okay, I opened up Jerry's line. I'm not sure if he's available. Yeah, Um, I'm available. I'm hooking up, so I'm going to be huffing and puffing and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I'm giving giving away my... You'll hear me huffing and puffing. I'm giving away my free labor. Yeah. Oh, no, that's right. This is labor. Yeah. I forgot about that. (laughs) So, we even hear owners and operators trying to blame brokers for the bad freight rates. You know, come on. It has to do with market capacity. Hourly. Hours available contributes to an overabundance of capacity. All right, I kind of lost my train of thought. Let me read my numbers. Uh, my well, notes. well, just um, just what what she's saying is the more drivers work and do extra hours without pay, the less valuable they become. Let's and take off on I that mean, and let's settle this. Real, let's settle this right now. We have been working on the assumption. Okay, we've been working on uh, part 395.2 of the hours of service. It basically says um, all time spent at a plant, terminal, or facility, or other property of a motor carrier or shipper, or on any public property waiting to be dispatched unless the driver has been relieved of all duty and responsibility by the motor carrier. This is a definition of what was once logged on duty not driving. Okay? We we have cheated that law ever since I've been in the industry. Where we're supposed to be legally logging on duty not driving, we have always logged off duty. This is nothing new. Okay? Why in 2012 did they have to make it, put it in writing that a driver may log off-duty while waiting, while resting in a parked commercial motor vehicle, provided they have been relieved of all responsibility. This means that a driver can log 
off duty at a shipper or receiver, whereas before they were supposed to log that time on duty, not driving. All right, it's kind of messed up there. Log off duty. Well, anyway. Well, here's the so thing. So we've though. got to go look at the definition of relieved of our responsibility. <clears throat> Why did they rewrite this definition in 2013? And now the overall interpretation, and I've checked with OIDA on this, is that a driver may legally log off duty while waiting to load or offload. Period. So even if we wanted to log that time on duty, not driving, the carrier's going to say, no, 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 log it off duty. You can legally do that now. Okay, I want to right. interrupt for one yes. second, Pat. Pat, okay. Pat. And, and the reason I want to interrupt, because I think it is so important for any safety group or anybody in the general public who's listening to this conversation right now, Two points. Number one, an ELD will not prevent a driver from logging, logging um, off-duty even if they are on duty and not driving. The ELD only measures That's when the true. truck is moving. Okay, I want them to hear that. That's true. Because there is a false perception in the uh, community, including people that you would think would be aware of this and who are not, and uh, who who think because, okay, now they have ELDs, they're going to be totally uh, restricted to only working no more than 70 hours a week, okay? If you're listening to this and you're a safety group, this is false because they're, Where they're logging. Off duty, and and I want to just say that so drivers are, are working okay, over a hundred hours on that. a week. Go ahead, now now take the floor. Where is the documentation, the paper trail? In other words, if I'm sitting in my truck, logging off duty, that's perceived to be legal now. How does the ELD know that I'm sitting in my truck and not on the loading dock, working? All right? There is no paper trail. The driver gets paid by the mile. He does not get paid for being on the loading dock working. There's no paper trail. It's Mm -hmm. whatever he puts into the ELD. He cheats the ELD. Okay? Problem. The, 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 The way these things are being written, there's an excuse now to not pay drivers detention pay. After all, they're logged off duty. So what does this do towards safety? Okay, the 14-hour clock has started. I just spent four hours at a loading dock unpaid. Now I've got uh, 14 minus 4, 10 hours left to drive in. All right. I want to drive 11 hours because that's more money. I get paid by the mile. I've just lost 60 miles of pay because I can only drive 10 hours today. I've lost money in this. All right. Now, how do I make up for that? I make up for that for, by running 65 miles an hour in a 55 limit. Okay? Mm-hmm. Right. It can go on anywhere from there. Running stop signs, not paying attention. Uh, rushing through truck stops, 
killed by truck and gotten run over in truck stops by drivers rushing through them. Why? They're not paid for being in the truck stop putting fuel in the truck for crying out loud. So, yeah, there's great implications towards safety here. Oh, tremendous. I mean, and that's why I think it's important. I'd like to be able to send this show uh, to the different safety groups so they really understand that all these regulations do nothing more than just put a big smoke screen and, and false uh, security for people who think, oh, okay, now we can regulate them. They're not going to be fatigued anymore. They're just as fatigued. They're putting in just as many hours. And, and I think this is appropriate. I want to make this announcement while we're just talking about this specific um, topic of being, uh, being paid for all hours. If there's drivers listening out there tonight and you're a California driver, we want you to know that the law requires that truck drivers are paid separately and hourly for all their non-driving tasks, such as fueling, paperwork, inspection, detention, rest breaks. And I don't think uh, enough uh, drivers understand that. Um, now, well, now wait. Let's what, back up right there. Stop. That's really pertaining to intrastate drivers. Okay, I'm going to give you the criteria right now. In the borders of California. Okay. I'm going to give you the criteria right now of who this fits. Okay, because I have it written right in front of me. Okay. Okay. If you drive in California, past or present, or within the last four years, your pickup and delivery started and ended in California, okay? If you're an OTR driver whose loads picked up and delivered in California, if you're a California line haul driver, if you're an owner-operator who drove in California and feel you were misclassified, in other words, owner-operator instead of an employee, okay, then that's another uh, criteria. Um, if if uh, you must have been paid during the time driving in California in one of the following ways to meet this, either CPM, paid by the trip, paid by the load, or a line haul driver. You don't have to be employed with the company at the present time. This law goes back four years. So, Pat, it's you're, you can be an OTR driver, and as long as your pickup and delivery was in California, then you, that's you meet what we, criteria for this. That's okay? what we call intra. Okay. That, but, but you don't want to confuse that because there's OTR drivers who do other states and maybe uh, only half the time they're in California doing this. So Exactly, it interstate. In, right. Most of us are interstate. We load in Colorado, we deliver in California. We load in California, we go to Kansas. Interstate, okay. but this is, this, I, I just need to, this, to make this, I need to make this announcement because I think this is so important. There's a lot going on with these um, California uh Drivers right now, they don't understand the law, and they're being given mixed messages from the industry. 
So that's the yes, criteria. You need to play this back. If you feel you haven't been paid for all your time, um, we, we have a contact, attorney Jonathan Melmed, and he will give you a free consultation. In other words, you, you feel that, wow, I've, I've driven a lot of time in California. I've never been paid separately for my fueling and paperwork and detention time. You can give him a call at his office. The number is 310-824-3828. And again, his name is Jonathan Melmed, M-E-L-M-E-D. And I, I think people need to take advantage of this because if, if California is doing this, and here's my question to you, Pat, if they're doing this, why can't the rest of the states follow suit? Just, just answer me with that. Well, according to the attorneys we've talked to, there's, what, 20, 21 other states that have these types of laws in place. Again, this has to do with intra-state drivers, in-state drivers. This brings up the Denim Method, the ATA's attempt to create a federal labor law pertaining to all drivers operating under, I just brought this up, Part 395 of the Hours of Service. Okay, they, they, they basically want to take away the state's rights to govern the employees that are working within the state. They are confusing drivers by saying um, that this will apply to interstate drivers. Okay, driver, you're going to have to deal with all these different states' labor laws. You're going to have to take a break here and a break there. You're going to lose all this production time. Production time miles equals money, right? So, right. again, this is confusing, but you've really got to lay it out and analyze it, which I've done. I've written papers on it, sent it to you. I've put it on the Facebook. This is being twisted and turned right. so that all drivers can be basically held to the standards, as Part B in uh, the Denim Method says, um, uh, employees on a piece rate basis to pay those employees Jerry, I opened your line, additional okay? compensation, provided that the motor carrier pays the employee a total sum that when divided by the total number of hours worked during the corresponding work period is equal to or greater than the prevailing applicable minimum wage. See, they're trying to put, let's break it down to the federal minimum wage, seven twenty-five an hour, flat. Remember, we're exempt from overtime per the Fair Labor Standard Act. So seven twenty-five an hour, flat, $507.50 an hour for 70 hours Preformed in an eight-day period. This establishes a baseline that must be met or exceeded. Again, right. Well, most basically, probably they, make a little bit more than that. They, I'm basically, sorry, what the denim would do, it would try to prevent these states for paying drivers for all their time. And once something like that would go through, then that could pretty much put the kibosh on hopes for ever getting paid uh, uh, 
with any kind of law for detention time. Is that correct? I, I hear you, Jerry. I opened up your line because we had a big show on this. But I want drivers to understand there are states looking out for them, and they're being attacked, okay? And the drivers are being misled, having them think that this isn't a good thing. Oh, you're, you're going to have to take all these breaks. No, you don't. You just need to be paid for the break time that you're allowed. You don't have to take the break, okay? As and, an intrastate driver, yes. And okay. an over-the-road driver, interstate driver such as myself, would fall under these laws, okay, provided if you I pick up and deliver in that and state. I delivered in California. They right. would apply that's, to me on that over. one load only. You can't pick up in New York and, 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 and deliver in California and then it, it to be uh, applied. No, it has to be the right. pickup and the delivery in California. So what, what what is so important is, and this is what I brought up to Pat, Jerry, California and other states have it so that uh, drivers are paid separately and hourly for non-driving tasks, fueling, paperwork, inspection, detention, rest breaks, things like this. And why can't the industry go along with this? Well, let me point this out. First of all, for many, many, many years, my first 20-something years in a road, we were paid for all of our time. We didn't even think about logging at line four. We logged at line four. First of all, the carrier would have fired us for falsification logs for logging, loading, and unloading as off-duty. Uh, 395.24. Now, it's, now it's promoted. Right, yeah, and uh, so and it's just, you know, it comes at us all the time again, you know, and the drivers that have bought into it, and I understand that. They're desperate to make miles. They know, but watch the law of supply and demand here, what the potential really could be. <clears throat> In that study that was commissioned by the Truckload Carriers Association, not not the FMCSA, the Truckload Carriers Association is all your big truckload carriers. They found in that study that was done by Martin Lab and Associates that the drivers are spending on the average about 40 hours a week, a little bit different with different modes. Now, if all that 40 hours a week legally went into the logbook the way it's supposed to, the drivers would have less than half a week to turn their miles. You would have such a catastrophic sh shortage of availability. See, we keep need to go to availability. Just because you see a truck sitting there does not mean it's available. It's availability is a key word here. Now, what could that be worth? Back to the pay sheets I'm carrying right here in the truck from 1978. I mean, I go back. In, uh, 1966, but the hourly rate for loading, unloading, drop, hook, all of your non-driving work for about 87 percent of the of the industry was 9.78 an hour. If we had been able to keep pace with inflation, like all of our costs went up with inflation, but our salaries didn't. That would be $33.66 an hour today. So if you spent 40 hours logging the loading and unloading time, you'd be making almost 
$1,500 a week sitting at a dock. The mileage right. pay was 23 and a half cents a mile. Drivers won't believe this, but run it through your inflation calculators. Go to your inflation calculator and go to 1978. It's so easy. Then click on 19, or then click on 2015. That would be 86 cents a mile today. So we can't afford to operate legally if the pay was what it should be. Exactly. See, as long as we're willing to give away that 40 hours, we dilute the industry, we dilute our value. By flooding the market with our availability. Okay, now, hold that thought, Patrick, Jerry. I've yeah, got a caller on the line. Yes, go ahead. Okay, hold that thought, though, because we want to come back to that. And hold right. on, let me scroll down here. There's quite a few callers. Call in number 347-826-9170 and put your, press 1 on your keypad. It raises your hand. Uh, and the same thing for all those listening on the Internet. I'm going to open up the line of area code 812. Good evening. Who do we have on, on the air tonight? Oh, this is Carla. Hey, Carla. Um, did you have a question or a comment you wanted to ask Jerry or Pat? Well, uh, there at the beginning when you were reading off the California, um, he kept stressing intrastate. And uh, I was wanting to clarify what you were trying to explain, but then he came in later. Um, my, I guess now my, when you're talking about uh, wanting to log all hours legally, I think you also have to work with these trucking companies as well because they are encouraging drivers to go off-duty while they're sitting right. in the shipper. They say Absolutely. log legally, but there is... <laughs> There is, and it's known, they will encourage you to do otherwise. And of course. There needs to also have their mindset changed because what they're doing is is what um, the gentleman that just spoke is doing, is trying to keep us productive as drivers and keep us moving. Otherwise, you're wasting out. Well, it's, either way, it's like wasting hours, but it's not. That's part of the job. You're waiting, but you're just not getting paid for it, even if you do log on duty. But anyway, I think you have to also change the industry's outlook. These trucking companies also have to be behind this also, I think. Well, of course they are. I mean, in the last show when we discussed this, they used detention time as a negotiating factor getting uh, with the shippers. In other words, kind of like what Pat was saying before about, you know, if, if McDonald's does one thing and they pay their drivers more, then uh, Burger King is, you know, they're going to start, you know, people, they're not going to be able not to raise the prices of the product, so Burger King's going to get all the business. Well, it's the same thing if one company starts paying detention time to their drivers, well, you know, <laughs> How's that going to affect their bottom line? Okay, and the, the, it, if 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 drivers were paid detention time, freight rates would go up. I mean, that's so may I, just. May I say something? Sure, absolutely. 
when you say detention time, are we really getting paid the amount of money that you're owed for that detention time? Because you can sit, and what happens is, and they don't always tell this, and this, you find this out after you start calling payroll and saying, hey, I didn't get paid for, let's say you sat there for six and a half hours, but you only got paid for three and a half or two. Well, then all of a sudden it comes up and says, well, well, we can only pay you for that, that two out of that six and a half or two and a half hours out of that six and a half because they had an agreement with the contract in order to haul their freight. Well, the first two hours are free or the first four hours are free, you know, depending on, and that's something that they don't tell people until you start saying, well, well that's shorthanded on my dis- my detention. So you're not really, I don't think, in the opinion of detention time. It's a good thing, but I don't think it's the the answer to, to everything. And, and I'll Donna, leave the conversation uh, let's, now. Donna, okay, let's Donna I'd like to answer yeah. her question. Sure. First of all, here's something else drivers have to learn. Our contract is with the employer. Our contract is, we are not a party to the contracts they develop with their customers. So therefore, if there's detention time and their contract with their customer doesn't fulfill the detention requirements, that's not the employee's fault. You right. see what I mean here? They they cannot go back exactly. and say, well, our contract doesn't say that. Our contract is with them. And and by the way, uh, uh, what the lady's saying, you know, a lot of this, it's, it's all true. But I'd like to take a moment here, Carla, and uh, I, I want you to leave her off that. I would like to share something. You mentioned earlier I was running around dropping and hooking and everything. Well, the, the safety advocates listening and part of the notes yeah. on the show was, how does this go to safety? I am living the example here today. I will go slow. I started my day at 5 o'clock this morning. Drove 193 miles to Laredo. Went off duty for two hours while they were unloading me. Went six miles over here and set eight hours to be reloaded. Now, here's what happens. This is what the safety advocates need to see. Now, because I logged that eight hours sleeper berth, that means I only burned up three hours coming down today, right? That means mm-hmm. that I can actually restart now at 7 p.m. tonight, and I've been up, started my day at 5 o'clock. I get up at 3.30. That means that I can actually legally drive now another eight hours. Now, i got to take a stop in there somewhere. I can actually legally be on the job now doing something on behalf of moving the freight for 24 hours with no sleep. And it would be legal with ELD. That's right. Okay, and that's what they need to hear, that all these regulations don't do diddly squat. It's all about how you're encouraged, and I'll use that word encouraged, to log. And as well, Alan said last time, it's this is illegal. This is really ridiculous. Now, I'd like to add Let's to that because it would, take it, it would take it to Carla's point here also. Now, why would I want to work 24 hours with no sleep? Well, if I'm only being paid 20 cents a mile 
and I drove a little less than 200 miles today, that means that right now, after 14 hours of being on duty, I've earned $60. So that means I have to go out here, uh, well, 30 cents mile times, yeah, okay, 30 30 cents mile, that's $60. I've now learned, well, 30 times 60 is, uh, uh, 30 times 200 is 60, okay? But I've earned $60 today driving a truck. Now, because I have bills to pay and obligations to meet, I'm a person, if I'm an employee, even an owner-operator, he's going to get behind the wheel because he's desperate to turn miles, and he will be 24 hours or more with no sleep trying to nick out a 500-mile day. And it's and it's all now, logged legally. Now, if I well, was it's being not legal, according to the, everybody yeah. in the industry. Yeah, it is legal. Wait a minute. This is what I keep trying to interrupt on. Please. No, no, no wait a minute, Pat. Hold, hold, hold on here, Pat. So now let's compare that to if I was being paid $20 an hour even. All right, I had two or three hours unloading. I just had eight hours loading, so that's 11 hours. So even at $20 an hour, I've just made $220 today plus the $60 coming down here. Hey, I got almost a $300 day. I'm happy. I'm going to go to the truck stop kick my feet up after 14 hours being paid for all of my time. I've made a decent living. I'm no longer a threat to other truck drivers out here because I'm working 24 hours or other motorists. There it is. Tie it directly to safety. I could actually legally, according to an ELD in the new terms that Pat was talking about where they want you to go resting in cab. I haven't slept all day. I haven't slept since 3.30 this morning. I can't sleep. I'm up all day. I had a night's rest. This is what the safety people need to hear. And I got the logbook to prove it today if somebody wants to see it. Okay, Pat, what were you going to say? I want to summarize. Let's back up because we're getting confused here. Part 395.2 basically says that all time waiting at a shipper receiver in readiness to perform work is required to be logged on duty, not driving. We have never done that. Then in 2012, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration excluded from the definition of on-duty time as any time resting in a parked commercial motor vehicle with the driver relieved of all responsibility for the vehicle. All right, now you got to take chase down that trail. What is being relieved of all responsibility? Here you go. The rules were rewritten in 2013. Through the revision of the regulatory guidance, FMCSA makes clear that the motor carrier need not provide formal guidance, either verbal or written, to drivers with regard to the specific times and locations where rest break may be taken. The revised guidance also emphasizes that periods of time during which the driver is free to stop working and engage in activities of his or her choosing may be recorded as off-duty time. 
here's the key word here, irrespective of whether the driver has the means or opportunity to leave a particular facility or location. So what we know from this, I can legally log off-duty while resting in a, per, uh, in a parked commercial motor vehicle. Then we take it to this other business, location. The location could be at a shipper or a receiver, and it doesn't matter whether I can leave the premise or not, okay? Mm-hmm. So they got us. They got us. When the carrier says no, don't love that time on duty not driving, and they tell the driver to not do so, their interpretation is, just as I read, a driver may legally log off-duty while waiting to load or offload at a shipper receiver. Okay, where is in that? in a parked commercial motor vehicle. Where is that? Well, where is that, what you just read, where is it? Where, where did you read it from? Um, I've got it. Oh, you're going to make me look it up. I'm, uh, I, 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 I've actually, I, I posted this in something on Facebook today. Okay. Here we go. It's uh, uh, let me, let me, let me click this link. Three ninety five point one. This is a uh, uh, four forty one eight fifty two of the Federal Register, Volume seventy eight, number one thirty four, dated July twelfth, two thousand thirteen. And if you read this, and uh. It actually has the 1997 guidance to compare with the rewrite of 2013. It's very interesting to see the, 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 the broad nature of both rewrites. They have eliminated many specific criteria uh, that's in the 1997 so that it works with this February 27, 2012 ability to log off duty while resting. Okay, what is the is title intertwined. of it? What is the title of it? It's not for I've got the four one eight five two volume uh one thirty four and all that. What is the title of it? Well see that's deceiving in itself as well. The title is EPA dash approved Georgia regulations. Um you go down further Department of Motor uh, Department of Transportation Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, 49 CFR Part 395, Hours of Service for Commercial Motor Vehicle Drivers, Regulatory Guidance Concerning Off-Duty Time. So you okay. see, it's even hidden away. you really got to research it to find this stuff. Can you post a link on, um, on uh, Ask the Trucker or Truth About Trucking Facebook page? Um, yeah, I actually did that. Or post that. it on your own page, and I'll just and I'll just share it to our page. And this article that I, I wrote, thank you very much, Bob. This is next. Bob Kathy uh, wrote an article about EOB. Uh, it's Team Run Smart E O B R E L G E L D. Oh my God, O M G is the title of it. And I put that on Alan's page as well. Bob has a very good written a very good article here. Okay, very good. But you've got to put it in perspective. And and the only way to put it in perspective is to dig deep in the guidances and regulations so that you have an understanding of what the regulations are. 
This okay, I just had a bunch of people jump online here, uh, everybody. So okay, I just yeah. want, if, you, if you're just listening to the show, that's great. We'd love to have you. If you want to make a comment and you're listening on your phone, just press 1 on your keypad. Uh, if you're listening on the Internet and you want to call in and uh, join the conversation, it's 347-826-9170. And then click one on your keypad. Okay. Uh, I think well, I'm going to take a, a quick commercial break right now, and we'll be right back. Yes. Heads up, truckers. Are you looking for deals on trucks, trailers, parts, or equipment? Or maybe you need to sell something truck-related. Well, there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers. No middlemen involved. That's why we call it TruckerToTrucker.com. There's no charge at all for looking. And if you want to place an ad for what you're selling, it's just $19.95. And it runs till it sells. So whether you're buying or selling, it's time to log on and take a look. TruckerToTrucker.com. Check it out. That's TruckerToTrucker.com. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here, and I want to tell you about TruckerLawyers.com. TruckerLawyers.com helps drivers with their legal needs, and they specialize in workers' compensation, trucking accidents, employment law, and other areas. TruckerLawyers.com arms you with important information regarding workers' compensation and your legal rights, and they are also available to help you find assistance for additional legal issues. This includes determining how to get you the best benefits possible for your situation. The website truckerlawyers.com is a resource where you can learn more about your legal rights as a driver. Feel free to continue the social media conversation by liking them on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash truckerlawyers and follow them on Twitter as at truckerlawyers. Call them to talk through your questions at 1-800-736-5503. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, and tonight's show is discussing root causes of low truck, uh, truck driver wages. We have with us Jerry Fritz and Pat Huckaday. And uh, Carla, I still have your line open um, also in case you want to jump in here because it's uh, our open forum tonight. So where did we leave off, everybody? Um, we've discussed uh, uh, the, the logging uh, and how... The illusion of safety, uh, that, the, that the safety groups, the general public, they think drivers are under strict regulation. They're not allowed to work more than 70 hours. They've got these ELDs, uh, hours of service regulation all in place, and, and, and they have no idea that these drivers still are working over 100 hours a week, and it's all legal. So really, Pat and uh, Jerry, what I would say is if if another regulation was going to come up, it would have to be with the logging. And how would that work? Nothing on logging is ever going to work. I've been out here 50 years. They could okay. get voluntarily legal logging in a heartbeat. At one mm-hmm. time, 87% of the freight moved under the old Teamster National Master Grade Agreement. We didn't think anything of logging or on-duty time because we were paid for it. 
you want 100% legal logging even on a paper log, pay the owner-operators for all the time at the dock, let them negotiate very good freight rates, which we'd be able to do because we truly would have a shortage of availability for the company drivers, paying for all their time. And, in, and think about this. I studied supply chain management, while well, we call it traffic management back then. Once they had to start paying Carla $1,200 a week for sitting at the dock, Great minds will go to work to manage that problem. They will begin to communicate, have the freight. My load is supposed to be ready at noon hour today, and they're eight hours. Now, if they had to pay me, let's say, an owner-operated detention time of $100 an hour, that would probably happen one time. Somebody would go to work to make sure that they gave us the right information, they planned correctly, because in the end, nobody's going to pay drivers 1200 a week to sit at the docks. They will begin mm-hmm. to manage the business in a way that the load is ready when you get there. So therefore, in a macro sense in the economy, we have now made the whole trucking industry more productive and more of a productive, efficient, vital link in the supply chain instead of the waste that we now experience that gets put on the driver so nobody ever sees it. But it's still an efficiency. That's only going to happen when somebody has to manage the cost. And see, they put it on the driver. We're at the bottom of the line. We got no authority. We, we can't manage anything. We can't tell people anything. So in a way, we're even cheating the whole economy by tolerating this. In other words, not talking back. So it's very possible to get voluntarily legal logging. I, I've got to step aside here, folks. Uh, Pat, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let now, me, what do you say about that, for Pat? A minute, please. Um, I just got a message from Carla I would like to address. Carla, that was just on the phone. Um, <laughs> and I would like to get more questions and whatnot from people. But maybe Carla didn't understand. Uh, what Jerry is saying is the driver work for the carrier, the employer. The driver's business is between the driver and the employer. Uh, if, if the driver is working or should be paid detention time, it is the responsibility of the employer to pay the driver that money. You cannot blame the shipper receiver. The employer has a relationship with the shipper-receiver. That's separate. If the shipper uh, employer, the carrier, is not charging the the shipper-receiver enough money to pay for the driver's detention time, that's not the driver's problem. That's the fault of the carrier for not charging enough. What we are saying is, the employee driver should be paid for being at the loading dock. If their appointment's 8 o'clock, they were there at 8 o'clock, their time should start at 8 o'clock, irregardless of whether they're logging it on duty or on duty not driving or off duty. They should be paid for that time because that three hours at the loading dock is taking away from their 14-hour clock, right. all right? That's all the driver has to make a living within. 
This is why drivers are screaming for detention time. Okay, the FNCSA uh, addressed this last year, wanting to put a clause in. Corey Cooker as well tried to put a clause into the passback, the highway bill, requiring that uh, carriers pay their employees for all detention time at the rate of at least seven twenty-five an hour. Now let's give this some thought. If I'm making fifty cents a mile times fifty miles an hour, let's say that's twenty-five dollars an hour. Why do I want to legally log uh, on duty, not driving, so that I can get paid my detention time? Detention time is only going to pay me seven twenty-five an hour. I'm not going to log yeah, on duty, not, not driving. Now. You're not getting anything now. I'm not going to log. Oh, okay, so let's settle for less instead of demanding more. No, you I'm thinking you start with no, you start with less, and then you get your foot in the door, and then you demand more. We've That's how got, I look at it. We've only got one shot at this. Think about it. The ATA has set the precedent. They are trying to establish a federal labor law that covers all drivers working under the hours of service. They know how to get things done. They have their meetings. They have their conventions. They talk about this stuff. And they set an agenda, and they go for it. They pursue it. They go to the FMCSA. They go to the Congress people, and they tell those people, this is what the industry needs and wants. Remember, the ATA represents you and me. Oh, okay. right, right, right. Uh-huh. Right, we had a whole story about that. So Donna? If the yes. drivers don't stand together and seek out an agenda to pursue, and I'm not talking about let's shut the trucks down in two weeks. What the heck good does that do if they don't have an agenda that they are pursuing? We've got all these laws and regulations that are convoluted and confusing that work towards the carrier's advantage because, remember, the ATA has been up there telling our Congress people and the FMCSA what we want and need. You think? Right. They don't care how much you make. They care how much they make. Well, it's our goal, Pat, to, and Jerry, I'm going to get with you in a minute. I just want to say this. It's our goal to get all this truth and fact out to the general public, to the safety group, because as angry as the drivers get with the safety group, you know, they actually could be, once they understand what's going on, their biggest ally. And that's that's what the ATA did with uh, a lot of different things when it was, you know, helping the ATA, they, they lined themselves up with the safety groups. And then on other cases, when it wasn't going to benefit them, then they kind of, you know, pushed away. So what I'm saying is that once these groups really understand what's going on, they will, they do lobby. Uh, so... Anyway, go I think ahead, these Jerry. groups do understand what's going on. I think they got tired of waiting on the drivers 
to stand up and say, we need more money. The safety advocates have pushed for example. They, they have pushed for hourly pay, for example. Okay, there was our opening. They got tired of waiting on the do-nothing drivers. If, they, if the drivers don't jump up and say, pay us so we can operate safely, they're going to, safety advocates are going to pursue regulations that give the drivers no other choice but to operate safely. But they, you know what? They're not. They're putting regulations in, and it's making it more unsafe. Jerry, you were going to say making something. making it unsafe? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Yes, it is. I can I can operate in full compliance of the law, not a problem, because I can afford to operate in full compliance of the law. Big difference no. here. I made a hundred and fifteen thousand in my pocket last year, compared to what? Bureau of Labor Statistics for 2014 has the median at thirty nine thousand five hundred and twenty dollars. Big well, difference. you're in household goods too. It's a big difference. I'm not a household driver. I no, I'm not. I don't move people. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donna. Okay. I Donna. make what the average driver should be making if their wages had a kept up with inflation. That's the best okay. way to put it. I should be making more than that because of the special special nature of my of my aspect of the industry. But I make what the average driver should be making. Hey, I'm happy with that. If they regulated me and said, Mr. Hockaday, you can only drive 100 miles a day. I got no problem with that, provided my truck is making six, $700 for running that 100 miles a day. $7 a mile? Not a problem. You want safety, you need to pay for it. You're making the drivers pay for safety by taking money out of their pockets, and that's one of the problems. Pat, Donna? Uh, yes. I'd like to present this from a, a moral point of view. Even. Mm-hmm. Let's walk back through this a little bit, the human thing, so to say. All right, why do we, other than the money, why do we get so upset about being sitting there. Well, watch this. Walk with me along on this, folks. <clears throat> the most important component in life is a thing called time. Times are wasting. Time has value. Three score and 60 and so on and so forth, like the Bible says. Well, see, in life should have some value to us somehow. And while we're sitting there at the docks, we kind of maybe don't consciously think about it, but the shipper's making a profit off of our life. Let's let's start using the word life instead of time. So therefore, the shipper's making a profit off of our life. The constantly's making a profit off of our life. But we aren't. And I think deep down inside, here's what really makes us angry. In a way, they're telling us our life is worth nothing. Think mm-hmm. about that. Other than the Donna, money. I'd like to get some more callers in. 
I, I've, I've been. Well, I've been I paid can't for make my them put their hands up, Pat. Okay, well, I thought she had Sarah. Am I still out there? You're still yeah, there, you're Carla. On, Carla. I just wanted to try and clarify something. I, I know what Pat was saying, but what my my point I wanted to get across is it shouldn't matter where the pay is coming from. If you're sitting at the dock and they say you're supposed to get detention, you should get detention for all hours sitting on that dock, regardless of what they negotiated. However, because as the one gentleman said, and I'm sorry I forget your name, but because it will end up coming out of the company because you're working as their employee, well, where are they going to get that money? They can't get it from their customers. So, and they can't put that cost on to the people these commodities are going to go eventually out to, and that's the consumer. So what happens that, to me, is why they have these in there, the two-hour, the four-hour delay. Well, or Carla, let me, let me okay. share something. Hold on here let, me, let me bring something up that we've talked about. There are many different ways to negotiate a contract with your customer, the shipper or receiver. Many of these carriers have discounts in place. In other words, if you get our truck in and out under two hours, we will give you a better price on the freight, okay? Right. If you take it. Okay. Here, example, if, if, you, if, if our driver sits there more than two hours, we're charging you $2.20 a mile. If you get the driver out of there under $2 hours, we'll charge you $2.10 a mile. So, in effect, they can and are capable of collecting money, but it's not labeled detention pay, okay? And because the carrier, in many contracts between uh, uh, owner-operators anyway, Landstar, for example, um, Landstar advertises they pass on 100% of the fuel surcharge collected, 100% of the detention time collected. Well, if they don't label it as detention time, they can legitimately say, we didn't collect any detention time, therefore we're not paying you anything. Right. All right? So there's, right. there's many right. different ways of getting around this. Okay, Jerry. What were you going to say, Jerry? Hello? Okay. I must have lost Terry. <laughs> what else can I well, answer for you, Carla? Do what? I, mean, I, I was going to say, is... maybe he had to step away. Um, my, I guess what I want to say is, though, I think you need the industry, it's, it's going to have to change somehow. And who's going to make a change? And, and that's what part of all this to get all this exposed. Because, in my opinion, okay. How you get changes, you get the general public involved. And if they have a false pretense that by putting these extra regulations and ELDs and speed limiters and all this, that, oh, okay, it's safer now. Why should there be any more driver fatigue? Shouldn't the roads be safer? However, once it's revealed what's really going on behind the scenes and how it's being done so-called legally, even though it's, in my opinion, it's not legal, um, 
then they get on board with it. And that's why I was talking about the safety groups, because I'm not really sure, Pat, if the safety groups really understand this logging thing and the 2013 uh, wording change with the FMCSA. I don't really think they know. If they do, I think they'd be talking about that more. Well, you know, the safety groups are going after safety. We know, or I know, I'm living it. I can be very safe because I can afford to be safe. I don't have to race the clock, okay? Um, The safety groups, yeah. They're not against us, but they're not helping us out right now because we have ignored them. If, if How are we going to get the public involved in this if the drivers are not involved in this? How do we drivers affect change? This is hard. This is really difficult to tackle because everybody has a different opinion. Oh, we need less regulation. Oh, I think you need to be paid for operating under the regulations, all right? How do 400,000, if there's 800,000 over-the-road drivers, how do 400,000 drivers that like ELDs fight against 400,000 drivers that don't like ELDs? Who decides? Well, you know what? It's been decided for us. It's called We the People. Three, oh, what is it? Uh, uh, 300 million citizens that have elected people to represent them in the House and in the Senate. Okay? This is where lobbyists come to play. I've got lobbyists. I'm a member of OIDA. I contribute money to the PAC fund so that my lobbyists in D.C. can represent me. We can't badmouth the lobbyists. This is how the system works and was designed to work, okay? We drivers need to be heard. But if all we're doing is arguing, I don't like ELDs, you like ELDs, you know what? We can make ELDs work for us. We can make them work for us. We haven't even tried to do that. Well, I haven't even tried but the carriers it has nothing to do with, with the logging, Pat. It has nothing to do, though, how they're still going to log. But while we're while we're talking about all this, this is something about getting messages out. I want to bring up two things. I want to talk about uh, first the truck driver advocacy video program going on, and also uh, a cruise that's going on that's going to do just this: promote uh, advocacy information. Um, through social media. And and that's what we need to be doing, is really promoting what we know on social media. I believe that um, that video is, is huge when you want to create a message. People are more apt to listen to a five-minute video and uh, give them a few links to verify your information and, and rather than read an article, because we're all on article overload. I know I am. So let me just, I'm just going to touch on these two topics right now. Uh, let me get my notes. 
as far as the uh, video contest, it's on trucking social media. If you have a YouTube channel uh, or a Vimeo channel and you want to create a video, an advocacy video, something about uh, uh, the trucking industry that you want to share your view, information, and facts, uh, either on wages, government, regulations, health, image, behavior, safety, ELDs, training, truck lease scams, whatever it is, if you have a video or if you want to make one, either one, if it's already made or you want to make a brand new one, send the URL to us. We'll put it up on trucking social media. We have a separate section. One is just for advocacy videos. The other is for the advocacy and to be entered in the contest. Uh, we will be having prizes uh, uh, for these contests. First place is $250 sponsored by Zyper.com, the freight load app. Uh, that, By the way, you need to download Zyper XYPPER on your phone, and I'll talk about that later. But they're going to sponsor the first place prize, and uh, the second prize is $150, third prize is $100. But more importantly, this is to get these advocacy videos out there. So go to truckingsocialmedia.com. You'll see the contest in the menu. You can watch the videos that are already up there. And it's all about the content. It's not how fancy your video is and your music background. It has nothing to do with that. This is about the content of your video and the importance and how it's going to reach drivers. That's truckingsocialmedia.com. And just send us your link. Uh, you can go in the upper right-hand corner. It says Submit Video, and that's all you do. Click on that and put your link in there, and you're good to go. You're, and we'll put it up there uh, on the uh, on the advocacy and the contest uh, uh, menu. Uh, that's number one. The second thing that's going on is the uh, first annual lady truck driver cruise was scheduled for March 26th of 2017. It's a six-day cruise to April 1st, 2017. And this this is really going to be quite an event uh, it's going to be learning conferences, a driver advocacy forum, and uh, a dignified award ceremony to recognize women who work as truck drivers. Now, here's the thing. A lot of men are going to this um, this event and have been signed up already. a matter of fact, I'm not sure uh, if there's very many balcony rooms left because they seem to ha have gone first. But... Uh, Desiree Wood and Real Women in Trucking is hosting this cruise. We're going to be there, and all are invited, and you're even uh, welcome to bring your families and significant others. It is a learning conference, uh, and it'll be held during the fun day at sea afternoons. In other words, the day of the excursions, you're on your own. Uh, there's, no, there's not going to be any speakers, but the conference will be related to promoting advocacy involvement through social media, and that's the key thing because that is how we're going to get through to people. Um, I'm going. Also, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pat's going, Jerry's going, I'm going, Alan's going. I'm going to get into a little bit more of that. There will be also a forum of truck driver advocates who will discuss issues that affect our industry. And we'll, we will be encouraging drivers who want to become more involved to learn 
how to become part of the growing unification movement. And that's exactly what we're talking about tonight, the unification. But before you can unify, you have to understand what's going on behind the scenes. So anyway, it's a six-night cruise scheduled for March 26th. Uh, it's going to be on the, uh, and that's, of course, 2017, Carnival Conquest going to the Eastern Caribbean. It uh, leaves out of uh, uh, Fort Lauderdale, Port Everglades, at 4 p.m. And, 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 and get this, it only takes $250 to hold your room right now at this rate, okay? So th- this is really a discounted rate. The, and get this, I couldn't believe it when I saw the prices. Uh, for a week, it's a week cruise. It, it only runs six to eight fifty. That's your room, your meals. They give you all the refreshments you want, not your alcoholic drinks, of course, but all your coffee, tea, soda, all that kind of stuff, all the food you want, um, all the entertainment. And not only it gives you seven months to come up with the rest. So let's say you have a room that's say $700, you put the 250 deposit and you only have to, you have 7 months to come up with the other $500 or so, which is really really nothing. We've been on Carnival. I love Carnival. Uh it's my favorite cruise ship. Um uh oh here, this is where it's going. It's going to Grand Turk, Dominican Republic, Nassau. And uh now just to get a little bit I I don't want to, you know, spend too much time, but I think it's important because I want everybody to get their $250 deposit in and so they don't lose this discounted price. Uh, there's going to be a welcome mixer the very first night. Now, all your alcoholic drinks and your food is going to be free during that, okay? So drink away during the welcome mixer. And uh, Alan's going to be opening up with that. Um, I'll be there uh, with him, of course. And uh, it, it's really a tremendous way to learn how to know, you know, know one another on the cruise there's going to be, uh, during those two fun days at sea, topics and presentations and things like teaching hands on social media and promoting the social media advocacy. So it's going to be hands-on teaching you social media. There's going to be safety and sur- security around the truck. Uh, a famous author, and I don't know if you've ever heard of her, Ann Bailey. She's a professor, an author, and even a truck driver is going to be there discussing the life and struggles of the LGBT community in trucking, including, the, including um, their, how they've experienced the exploitation within the industry. Uh, there's going to be sexual harassment and discrimination in trucking. There's going to be how trucking domestic violence equals workplace violence in trucking. There's going to be the state of the CDL training uh, that's, that's presently uh, going on in, uh, in the industry. And then there's going to be uh, transitioning from a company driver to an owner-operator. That's going to be very informative to uh, many of the people who are looking to to be uh, an owner-operator. There's going to be prizes, awards, and uh, I just can't tell you how excited we are to be a part of this. Um, To to get your um, discounted rate, I'm going to give you a number, and I'm also going to put it on the show page uh, of this show. And it's Kristen Thomas. Uh, the number is 800-819-3902, extension 85597. Again, 
Uh, you can also go to the Real Women in Trucking website and get all this or on the Facebook page, and, and we'll be talking about this more. But if you really are interested and you want to get in on this uh, discounted rate, the number is 800-819-3902, extension 85597. And the group code is 1WK2R8. So, um, and if you have questions, just, just Facebook us a private message and uh, we'll give you all the information. So I just wanted to share those two things uh, while we're on the show tonight. And, uh, okay, I think, oh, we just lost Carla. Okay, I just looked up at the switchboard. But we got plenty of other people here. Um, again, if you Can want to I be part to of the show. Uh, I'm sorry, Pat. I said, can I add to that? For the driver, you can sure anyways, add to it. For the driver, anyways, it was a tax write-off. Oh yeah. Okay, this is no different than the the owner of the carrier attending the ATA conference in Boston last year. It's a tax write-off because of all of the educational activities that are involved here. No different than going to KR's uh, CN thing. It is a tax write-off. Guess what? You get to go shopping while you're on this cruise as well. So, you know, right. you can have some fun. You can learn a lot. You can get involved. It ought to be wonderful. Absolutely oh, wonderful. Okay. And don't forget, nobody, you know, all these um, meetings are, I mean, they're very educational and informative, and we're hoping, and I'm sure Desiree's hoping everybody's going to come to them. I don't see why they wouldn't, uh, because it's pretty good stuff on the agenda right here. Uh, She is going to have a page uh, up where we can put a direct link out to the page. I mean, there is a page right now, but I've got to put the page out because I didn't see it actually on the menu. It might be there on her realwomenintrucking.com website, but I, I personally didn't see the link uh, up there. Um, but uh, I believe it, it, it's really um, I believe there was a time frame that you've got to get you two hundred and fifty dollars in, and I thought I understood it to be two weeks. So that means it's winding down right now. I yeah, I don't know how many more days are left of that. That's why I'm trying to let people know about this right now because, really, I want them to be able to. I mean, can you imagine you, you know, to have all your meals and entertainment in your room and the whole nine yards for like six or seven hundred dollars? I mean, wow. I mean, you can't even get a room sometimes places for less than a hundred dollars a night, let alone you know all your meals and activities. So this is this is really a tremendous opportunity, and like I said, we're really looking forward uh, to attending this. I think Richard Wilson said he's going. I've got to confirm that with him, but uh, I don't know if, um, that's if the way I understood it. Yes, with TCRG Consulting, and uh, that's we haven't seen him in a while, and that's going to be great. Richard was a guest speaker. Was uh, he presented at our trucking social media convention two years? Uh, in a row, and um, uh, tremendous information, and, and I mean, really, really quality PowerPoint he put up there. So it's going to be exciting uh, to see to see him again. So if you're listening, Rich, um, we're looking forward to it. Uh, anyway, Pat, 
Okay, let's let's just kind of wind down with all this. We we went through a lot. I almost want to bring up, and, and I keep going back to this, that lower wages, in my opinion, create less safety. And everybody's talking about truck driver fatigue, okay? And then they'll say, well, truck driver fatigue, you know, that must be sleep apnea, right? Uh, not necessarily. Alan wrote an article a year ago, Pat, and it said the best way to prevent or to cure truck driver fatigue is sleep. And that's pretty much what we're talking about tonight because if you're only getting paid for the miles you drive and you're held up during the day, you are going to do everything you possibly can to log however way you have to to get more miles. And really, what does that do? I mean, I'm going to let you take it from there. I mean, I I don't know how to stress it anymore. I think you've got to look at the conditions of the average over-the-road driver. Um, The regulations are basically set up 10 and 14. How do you schedule around that? In other words, if I deliver this morning at 8 o'clock and I've got a load tonight at 11 o'clock, I'm on a nighttime schedule myself. But the mm-hmm. average driver basically has to be able to work first, second, and third shift and make that happen all around the regulations, okay? Um, this is one thing that leads to creative logging, I'd like to call it. Uh, again, um, I think I started running legal in 2008. I went through a logbook audit. I had the opportunity to speak with several attorneys back then. And you know what? Your livelihood is on the line here. It's absolutely on the line. You could lose everything, your family, your home, your cars, and end up in prison by not legally logging. All it takes is one automobile to run into you. Not your fault, but because you are not legal, guess who gets the blame? Okay, but let me ask you. Let me ask you the question, though, Pat. Okay. Uh, uh, I mean, you're saying that you can log off duty, even though you're at the shippers and receivers, and that's considered legal. So that's the way I interpret it, and I believe that's the way Oida interprets it as well. I've had you know several conversations with them concerning this, Um, Jerry. Boy, it scared the heck out of Jerry when I read him this stuff. He, Jerry says, my God, Pat, they got us. We've got to change this. We have to change this. And I'm like, well, Jerry, how are you going to change it when you don't have any driver support to make the change? After well, all, I've got a call right want... now. Okay, good. Let's do that. Okay. Area code nine oh three. I'm I'm glad one of you guys up here raised your hand. Who do we have here? Oh, it's Sandy, Donna. Good evening. I Hey I just, Sandy. Yeah, I just wanted to check in. I think you said something about the sodas being free. Sweetheart, the only thing in the drink line that's free is the coffee, tea and lemonade and water. They do charge you now for the sodas. 
the last oh, they do? Like, last time we were on, they had, like, you could get, like, the little fountain that you just put your cup there. Maybe it was lemonade. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of because I'm a, you know me, Sandy. I'm a, uh, I don't drink soda anyway. I drink coffee and, and lemonade. And I and the iced tea. The, yeah. the iced tea was free. Yes, yes. I just don't want them to get, you know, if they're going to bring the family and they, and they think the kids are going to get free sodas, I don't want them to be disappointed. Okay, well, the the tea, iced tea and lemonade then. And and if you want a soda, you have to buy it and you have all the coffee and and, uh, yes. and tea you want. But the, the snacks and food's all free. All the food and everything, yeah, that's, that's the awesome part of it. And, you know, for drivers, it's a fantastic way to vacation because you go into the port to check your luggage, you board the ship. Uh, once the ship is, is, the time has come for the ship to depart the port, uh, they, they do a little safety thing about your, your uh, vest and, your, and the dinghies, and then you go to the Go to your room or to the Lido, and and uh, your your luggage magically appears, and and you can order it. Order room service; they'll bring food to your room at no charge. Oh, I know, I know, and I have a, a little. I won't spend too much time on this, but funny thing is, I I I love from New York, and you know, I love lox and bagels. I mean, it's just one of one of the things we love. And I couldn't find it on the buffet, but it was on the room service menu, which I I couldn't figure out why it would be on a room service menu and not on the buffet. But anyway, so every morning I'd order a double serving of lox. Um, of course, I don't eat the bagels, so the bagels kind of went to waste. But uh, anyway, that's my little story about room service, and I was so shocked that we didn't have to pay for it. So um, if that's enticing to everybody. I, I want to ask you, um, have you been listening long to the show, uh, to the show I, tonight? Is, I got to listen to the first part, and then I got a call from a, another car deal driver, so I missed out the, until I got back in. Well, let me just ask you. Okay, and let me uh, introduce you to uh, a lot of our listeners here tonight. You've been driving how many years over the road? 37 years. 37 okay. years. And you are the uh, vice president, actually, of the Real Women in Trucking uh, Association. Am I correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay, and this is the organization that's putting on this cruise. Desiree Wood is the president. And... Um, I, when we've been talking about waiting at docks and logging and trying to to make the most out of uh, the time so you can get paid, you know, as we all know, drivers only get paid by the mile. How do you log when you're at a dock, let's say, five, six hours? How do you log? Well, see, I was always, I, uh, whoever that was was Pat or whoever was saying that they had changed the purpose on that, I was always under the impression that technically you were supposed to log line four on duty, not working. Anytime right. you report duty and you're not turning the wheels, you're on duty, not driving. But I didn't realize. Uh, now, the companies will tell you, uh, and, you know, I'm an owner-operator. I've leased to several different companies, and they will all always have always said you have to show 15 minutes when you, you 
you know, for your unloading or for your loading. The rest of the time, you can show it because people girls are off duty. And we've always done that, just like he said, because if you get held up at a shipper for eight hours, say, for instance, you had to drive a couple hours to get into that shipper because there's no place closer to park, and then they hold you for eight hours. If you can put that eight hours in the sleeper or off duty, then you have time because when you drew that line down the first thing in the morning, that started your 14th. And the only thing right. that stops at 14 is a continuous eight-hour break. If you can get that in, now, does that mean you're resting? Of course it does not mean you're resting. And right, so right. That's the illusion. But that's the illusion that they want to give to the motor in public. I've, this has been a real hang-up of mine for years and years, but like like Pat said, you know, you got we've got to band together. We have got to let these lawmakers know what is really going on out here because, as you've heard me say before, Donna, I would love to take my rig into Washington, D.C. in the middle of the night, park it on the street the next morning, walk up to the office of, of the FMCSA and walk in there and throw my keys on somebody's desk and tell them, here, there's a turquoise cedar built with a reaper on it sit down there on the street. Go down there, and I want you to take it just around the block. Just around the block is all I ask you to do. And then, but I want to let you know that I have an ambulance and a wrecker on standby because I don't think you can do it. And once you get back here, then you tell me how you feel qualified to tell me how to operate my equipment. Well, not only that, but to tell that how they can tell you when you're tired, when you should be resting, and why you should be logging sleeper berth or, or off duty when you're really try you have to be alert to know when you're at a a, a dock right. uh, of what's going on. So you know th- this is this has to come out, and uh, then the the public, general public, can decide if if they're satisfied with this or not. But Please don't say that truck driver fatigue is only due to sleep apnea. And, and, and by the way, I mean, it's true. It exists. And a matter of fact, there's listening sessions and comments uh, going on right now that drivers are attending for, for sleep apnea for the new uh, uh, proposed rule. But uh, people need to know that truck driver fatigue is related to other than sleep apnea. There's a lot of other things going on in the industry causing truck well, driver fatigue, and I hope we've ch- uh, touched on that tonight uh, with I all of you. Good job. Just keep it up. You know, we just got to keep hammering our way. That's the only way I know that it's going to get out there is we just got to keep hammering. But my belief is that we as drivers need to learn the games of all our politicians that are on this transportation committee, and we need to be communicating with them every week, getting their ears to try to explain to them as drivers what is really going on out here. Because That's right. Because have a way of knowing. I, and I, let me, let me, go ahead, Pat. I was going to, let's go about this a different way. Uh, my example would be, uh, the drivers are not happy with the ELDs. 
Drivers are not happy with the 14-hour clock. What have drivers done to change it? Nothing. Okay. What evidence do the drivers have that these things are unsafe? Zero, zilch, none. Okay. If the public was paying the price for the regulations the public has put upon us, now we've caught their attention. Now they're wondering, why did my groceries go up 1%? Oh, the drivers are being paid to fulfill the duties of the job, which require them to follow the regulations as, as, as in the FMCSRs, okay? Right. The shippers and receivers aren't paying for it. They don't mind leaving drivers sitting out there for three or four hours, okay? And in my mind, it all comes down to money. If, if these things, these regulations are unsafe in any way, shape, or form, how can they see that? Where is the data that proves it? Well, there is none. Why? Because the data is skewed. How is the data skewed? Everybody's breaking the rules. Everybody's operating at noncompliance. Why are they operating noncompliance? Because that's how, what they got to do to earn a buck. You know, it all comes back to money. Um, it, 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 ELDs. And, and they say follow the money. ELDs. I got a personal message here. Um, says something along the lines of uh, of uh, ELDs. How are they uh, set up to run differently under different parameters? This is a misunderstanding. Um, ELOGs are set up under various parameters. There's three categories. Um, tra- uh, tra- uh, mileage traveled will trigger the ELD that go with driving. Working within a radius two-mile, three-mile radius, once you exceed that radius, it will trigger the uh, ELD, the E-log to go to driving. Or speed, five miles an hour. Once you exceed five miles an hour, it triggers the E-log to go to driving. That's an E-log. ELDs are government-mandated. <clears throat> mandated. There is no reason why these ELDs will not be programmed letter of the law. This is where it's going to bite drivers. They're not even considering this, okay? Mm -hmm. Once you leave that parking space, the ECM, the the electronic control module on the engine, knows the truck has moved. That tells the ELD, driving, go to the driving line. It doesn't care if you've gone 500 feet or 5 miles. Your 14-hour clock has just started. So now here we go. I drive from the parking place to the loading dock, 800 feet. My 14-hour clock has started, people, ticking away. Mm -hmm. All right? This is the difference between e-logs and ELDs. It is my understanding that the FMCSA is currently uh, putting limits on e-logs. Maybe some of y'all have experienced this. They are limiting the variance on e-logs to seven-tenths of a mile. They're getting away with the speed and the five-mile distance, all this, that, and the other. They are going to allow you seven-tenths of a mile. 
before it goes down to driving. We don't know if there's going to be any variance at all with ELDs. We don't know that. Uh, we talk to drivers that park outside of uh, food warehouses. On their 10-hour break, they will drive inside, deliver their load, drive back outside, park. <clears throat> the e-log doesn't even know they moved the truck. They just spent six hours offloading a trailer on their 10-hour break. Okay? The ELDs are designed to stop this. I'm listening, Candy. That's absolutely true. The only thing that ELD is going to tell them, depending on those parameters, is the time the truck is moving. That doesn't count, you know, when you're stopped. Okay, so you're, like you said, you, you park on the street, you have some place that you go to deliver, and you can't go in there more than one hour before your appointment time. But there's no place to park. You can't even be on their premises. There's no place to park. You've got to drive two miles. You are one half duck because that starts your 14 hours. And they don't let us break that 14 hours into rest segments. That, that was the big word when they started that 14-hour rule, all the listing sessions. I listened to all of them. And everything was flexibility, and it's just like that thought in their vocabulary. And if you can rest, you can get in there, and you can get a four-hour nap in, you're a whole lot better off to drive someplace else to finish up the other six hours, but they won't let you because of that 14-hour rule. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, this is, you know. All right. What do you say about that, Three Pat? things I address. I'm sorry. Three things I address. Driver's pay, post-CDL training, and driver's flexibility. What drivers should be exempt from speed limiters? The kid that got out of truck driving school yesterday or the driver that's got five years experience, 500,000 miles experience, Okay. What drivers should be exempt from the hours of service, should be allowed to split their sleeper berth, for example, like we did in the old days? A kid fresh out of truck driving school or, again, a driver with 500,000 miles of experience, give or take. Okay? Money. We know the standard, the, the, the standard is the federal minimum wage, seven twenty-five an hour. What method do we use to make that seven twenty five an hour a decent a fair and decent living wage fitting the job duties? Seven twenty five an hour should be what a beginner, novice, fresh out of truck driving school is being paid. Now how do you apply that so that you get the wages up there where they belong? Seven twenty five an hour times twenty four dollars times twenty four hours is a hundred and seventy four dollars a day for a beginner. Okay? What should a driver, an experienced driver with five hundred thousand miles experience be earning? They obviously deserve more money than the beginner. And if they have flexibilities, they are obviously 
more valuable to the carrier. So you see, I think we've got something we can work with here. Graduated right. life. But we've got to start to wrap it up. Um, looking at the clock, and okay. we've just got a a few. I think we've covered quite a bit. And the only thing I'm going to say about that, Pat. Those figures yeah. work at 7.25 an hour, but if federal law decides to make minimum wage, which I don't think it's going to go through, but if it did to 15, you're talking about doubling, doubling that salary. So uh, I think you're on the right track with that the gets, thought that gets of getting a beginner driver up to $100,000 a year. That might right, be a little right. bit excessive. Right. I won't right. argue that. Right. So Why I think the but the idea is of, is to get paid for for all your time. So uh that's open to negotiation. Um but you're right. on the right track. I I do want to say you you say you're an owner operator. Uh I didn't realize that, Sandy. I didn't know you were an opera, owner operator. And I I just want to get this announcement in there uh, because it has to do with all owner operators listening tonight. Um if you're an owner-operator, you really need to download the Zyper app. I talked about it a little before. It's X-Y-P-P-E-R. That's X-Y-P-P-E-R. You just go to you know, Zyper.com. And it's an app that matches your truck, location, capacity, every possible detail about your truck to high-paying loads. And then it sends these loads to your phone. You either accept them or you decline them. If you don't answer it, then it's declined. Um, but there's no reason really to, to ever go empty again or be in a position to have to take a backhaul, which is just other words of saying cheap freight because all these <laughs> loads are real loads. Um, again, if you download it to your iPhone or your Android, it's, X-Y-P-P-E-R, and when you do download it, you're going to automatically be entered in our contest uh, for the Falcon Eye Dash Cam Giveaway, which it's a great, it's a, a dual camera uh, dash cam. So uh, also the developers of Zyper are going to be on our show, and we'd like for all of you to have it on your phones and using it so you can be a part of the show uh, when we do have them on in the next few weeks, uh, and that's what we're hoping for. So anyway, uh, San- uh, Sandy, uh, I've got like a couple of minutes here. Do you uh, choose your own loads? Are you leased on to somebody, or are you free reign on whoever you pick your loads from? I am leased on to Cargill because of insurance. It, it just works better for me with just one truck and one trailer lease on to somebody. I, I investigated it. By the time you pay all the stuff, you have to pay it just as easy. I have downloaded the app. I'm going to start using it. They use, they have to be approved, but I want to start using it and see what's available, see if I can't present it to Cargill for return loads because we haul for the process. You know, I haul fresh meat out and then go back to the plant to reload. It's not like I oh, have I see. options. I don't have a lot of options of skipping from various points. I I primarily work out of Freona, Texas. And it's a tough that's a tough uh traffic lane into 
to get you in close to Breonna. Amarillo and Lubbock are about as close as we get. Well, that would be great if you could download it because if you'd like to be on the show, I know um, they're going to be explaining the app in more detail. And uh, we're going to uh, be having some of the drivers who are actually using uh, the app. I don't know if um, any of the uh, shippers who provide the loads or brokers are going to be on also. We haven't gotten that far yet. But, yeah, uh, if you wouldn't mind uh, coming on the show and you can share your experiences, because uh, when you when you read about the benefits of this, it, it's far different from the other freight load matching apps that are out there. Uh, the benefits are so far greater than the other ones, and uh, I, I, I think it's really great if, you know, we have people on who are actually using it. Um, it'd be wonderful. Right. So let me know how that goes, Sandy. Yeah. Uh, let me go ahead and gather data. From, uh, from you know, I, I primarily run from Breonna to the Dallas-Fort Worth area the last few years. Uh, sometimes I go to, to Houston, sometimes I go to Oklahoma City. But uh, let me use it, you know, to see what I can get back. And then when I'm out there, even though I know I'm going to have a beat load, let me see what, you know, let me just kind of keep a, keep a track of what is available throughout the week on this. Okay. Well, that'd be awesome. Oh, one more thing I want to announce to everybody: our friend Tony Justice. He's got his new um, his new uh, CD out. Uh, let's see, what it's um, Brothers of the Highway, and he sings that with Aaron Tippin. And I'll tell you what, um, I, I'm going to play it. As a matter of fact, uh, if we have time here, I'm going to I'm going to play it. Time's running down. Um, here it is. It's a it's a three-minute song, so i got to move fast. But anyway, you can pick it up at TonyJusticeMusic.com or over at the TA. Um, I'm going to say uh, uh, I'm going to have to close down, everybody, uh, how much we appreciate everybody coming on tonight. Um, thanks, callers, listeners. Pat, I appreciate all your time, all the work you're doing uh, for the industry, trying to help regulate. And I look forward to seeing everybody. Um, at the cruise. So uh, I just want to say good night and um, until next time, thanks for listening. Alan always says that. I thought thanks I'd say it. Thanks for having me. <laughs> hey, thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. On behalf of Alan and Donna Smith, AskTheTrucker.com, TruckingSocialMedia.com, NorthAmericanTruckingAlerts.com, BlogTalkRadio, and Ask the Trucker Live. I'm J. Michael Collins. Until next time, drive safe and thanks for listening.
the pedal to the metal Tried out or run the ring Another shot of truck stop coffee As I run in through his veins This world turns on 18 wheels Thank God we can depend On brothers of the highway Children of the wind That Detroit diesel fire ship Goes blowing out again Sailing toward the setting sun Freedom's their best friend Brothers of the highway Children of the wind Carolina West Denver, Baton Rouge East of Pittsburgh Port of South San Diego Sail on, sail on Tallahassee North to Boston Up to Bangor West To Austin Coast to coast Yeah, Thank you, Joe. Going out again. <laughs>